Well, welcome back to our podcast. And my name is Jim Hughes, and this is the Gospel According to Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about faith? What about courage? I want to open up with a couple of scriptures today that talk about both of those things. In Psalms 31:24, it says, Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Proverbs 28, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as lions. And in Hebrews eleven sixteen, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, now listen to this, that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So what is faith? What is it? I mean, how do we tangibly know what it is? Well, faith is believing in something or someone without seeing it. Look, most of you are sitting down as you listen to this podcast today and you're sitting in a chair. You didn't see who built the chair. You don't know anything about the chair. You have no idea how well or poorly the chair is built, but you walk up to the chair and you sit in the chair. That's faith. That's believing something that you know nothing about, but you believe it anyway. But how many know that faith and courage work together? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about well, I have faith, and but sometimes I don't have the courage to follow through. Well, they work together. Faith and courage work together, and I'm going to show you that today in our podcast. Courage is the literal act of the faith that you have. Now, let's say that again. Courage is the literal act of the faith that you have. You know every believer has been given a measure of faith, according to the scriptures, right? I mean, all of us have been given a measure of faith. Each of you that know God have a measure of faith. But what about courage? Where does courage come in? What does it mean to be courageous? No matter where you are in the world, courage comes down to doing something courageous when surrounded by fear or outside pressure to not do it. Amen? That's really what courage is about. When we see somebody like a fireman or a policeman go into a fire to save people, the fear is there, but the courage overrides that fear and they go in and they save that person. That's really what courage is. When a house or building is on fire, you know that people that are in it are crying for help. And in the midst of the fear, you go in anyway and you save those people. We all face giants in our lives. We all come face to face with giant problems or issues that we think are too big and we can't deal with them. King David did this before he was king. In the story of David before he was king, he came face to face with a giant. And that giant's name was Goliath. Some estimations were made of his height to be 10 feet tall, this giant, 10 feet tall. In the midst of men during that time, the average height was 5'3 to 5'8. And this man is 10 feet tall. So David, who's a young boy, is asked by his father to take food to his brothers that were with King Saul. So let me set the stage here. 
This is such an amazing story. This story of this young man who knew God, who had faith, and who also had courage. But this story starts out with Samuel being told by God that he's not pleased with Saul and that he's to anoint a new king of Israel. And he goes to the house of Jesse and he looks at all of Jesse's sons and he does not find the one that he's looking for. Well, the one that he's looking for is David. And David's out with the sheep and David's doing all that he's been told to do and he's living by faith. And when Samuel asks him, Hey, is this it? Is this all you have? Is this, are these the only sons that you have? And Jesse goes, well, yeah, I actually have one more. And kind of a scrub. He's out with the sheep. I mean, that's really the attitude that people had. You see, this is a troubling time for King Saul, who was warned by God many times not to lean to his own will or understanding. But Saul did not listen. Listen, fear is the enemy of faith. We want to please God. And we know that faith pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, right? So back to our story. David is asked by his father to go and bring food to his brothers who are at the front lines, hunkered down with Saul and his army. This giant is coming out and he is mocking the nation of Israel, the armies of Israel. King Saul, he's basically chiding them. He's, he's egging them on. He's trying to get them to come and fight him. So David enters the scene of this situation with fear in the air that is so thick, you can cut it with a knife. When he's walking through, he's got this food that he has to deliver to his brothers, and he senses, wow, what happened to the armies of God? What happened to the king of Israel? He senses the fear. But listen, fear always breeds fear. Fear always breeds fear. And he senses the fear that's in the air. These men, these warriors of God are hunkered down and they can't deal with the fact that this is one man. Yeah, he's 10 feet tall, but he's one man. They're the army of God. But fear has overtaken them. Fear breeds fear. That was true then and it's true today. That is true in Christians in America and Christians all over the world. Fear breeds fear. But remember, God has not given us, Christians, a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. God has given you, as believers, a sound mind. He's not given you fear. Fear is of the enemy. But David enters the scene and is trying to be obedient to his father's wishes. He is serving his brothers. But as he walks through the camp and he hears from those there what is going on. In 1 Samuel 17, 23, Goliath, the Philistine champion of Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from here. With great fear. They fled. They heard this guy and they fled. But David heard it. First Samuel 17, 26. David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and remove and removes this disgrace from Israel? 
See, David already knows what's going on. He he already knows that that how dare this one man defy the armies of God? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David is indignant. He can't believe what's going on. This is the most underestimated man in Israel, David is. Remember early on in our podcast, I talked about his father who underestimates him. He doesn't even tell the prophet Samuel about him. Samuel knows that these men that are standing before him, Jesse's sons are not the one that he is to anoint as the new king of Israel because God is not pleased with Saul and has taken his kingdom away from him. His father, his brothers, and all the people around him have always underestimated him. His brothers think that he's just this worthless kid tending smelly sheep out in the field. His father doesn't even tell Samuel about him, the prophet, until he's pressed. And then he's like, well, yeah, I've got this one that's out in the field, this scrub, this nothing. This story is so amazing to me because the minute David enters the scene of this battle, what goes off on the inside of him? What wells up in his spirit? It's faith. Faith is what wells up in him. Faith is what goes off on the inside of him. It's faith. That's what is going off on the inside of him. He's already on point. He is already assessing the situation. His situational awareness is sharp, just like in the Bourne movies. Have you ever seen those movies, Bourne Identity, all the movies that came out about that? Have you seen these movies? Jason Bourne is this superhuman that can fight off multiple men at once. Jason Bourne is always assessing the situation he is in. There's that one scene in The Born Identity where he is in that restaurant at that truck stop sitting with the lady that is giving him a ride. He tells her that he can't remember his name. He can't remember his life. He can't remember anything about himself. But he knows that when he sat down at this table, that he knew the best and fastest exit out of the building. He knew that there are three men in the restaurant that are larger than he, but he knows how to subdue them. He knows. He just instinctively knows. His situational awareness is at peak. David is like that. He enters the scene and he knows that his faith to take care of this situation is high. He knows his God is more than able to handle Goliath. David's older brother hears David speaking with some of the men and he chastises him for coming to the front lines to watch the battle. He tries to put David down. He tries to bring that fear on him that he has. He tries to manipulate him into believing what he believes, that the giant can't be defeated. David, now listen, this is so important. When faced with fear, when faced with all these obstacles that people, places, and things are putting before you, do what David did. David ignores him and keeps speaking to these men. He wants to know what's going on. What's going on? David is literally Jason Bourne. That's what's going on. 
He knows. His faith is high. David's faith ignites his courage, and he single-handedly kills Goliath. Amen? David kills Goliath. This young man, this small young man, goes up against this 10-foot-tall giant. Why? Why does he do it? Well, his faith. And then his faith ignites his courage, and that courage wells up on the inside of him. He knows what he needs to do. He knows what he needs to take. Saul tries to give him his armor. Saul tries to put on him all the negative connotations that are involved in Saul's life, tries to put them on David. David ignores them. David shucks them off and says, I can't. I can't do it with these. My God will do it. That is David's attitude. His God will do it. See, when we surrender to God, our faith increases. When we surrender our lives to him, our faith increases. When we do not allow fear to overwhelm him, overwhelm us, our faith increases. And with faith, comes courage. This is those men running to that fiery building to save people. Courage overwhelms everything else. When your faith is high, courage to act is there. You have to remember that. It comes in just as David walks into the scene of this situation. His faith ignites and his courage is strong. It happens to you. It happens to me. A lot of times we push it down. We We don't allow it to overwhelm us. We take the situation around us, the people around us, the fear that's in the air, and we take it upon ourselves, and we don't get victory. When your faith is high, courage to act is always there. The Bible says nothing pleases God more than faith. And when that faith comes up on the inside of you, that courage to act comes up also. When your faith is high, Courage to act is there, but it's fleeting. That thing that goes off on the inside of you, that thing that tells you that you're going to be able to defeat this situation, you're going to be able to overcome this circumstance, is fleeting. And you have to nurture it. You have to get rid of every other negative thing that tries to go through you. And you have to nurture it. Meaning that once you sense it in your heart. Once you sense it's there, you have to act on it immediately. It's that feeling or instant belief like David had when he walked into that situation with Goliath. He knew that he had the answers. He knew that he knew that he knew God was going to defeat this giant. He knew that his God was big enough to take Goliath down by his hands. What are you believing God for? What are you asking God for? What are you believing God can do for you? You have to have courage. You have to act on it. You can't sit back and listen to the naysayers and skeptics. And there's a lot of them out there. And they increase daily. It's amazing to me to listen to people that talk about God and they explain the way the supernatural. Well, I mean, 
my goodness, it was the supernatural event that God did in your own heart that you became a Christian. And now you're wanting to convince people that God doesn't do supernatural events any longer. It's the naysayers. It's the skeptics that try to keep you from acting on the courage that God has given you. Hebrews eleven six and without faith, it is impossible to please him. The second part of that scripture is so powerful. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The second part of that scripture is for he who comes to God must believe that he is. See, when you come to God, you have to believe that he is. You have to believe that he is God. He is God Almighty. If you're listening to this podcast and you do not know God, you have to believe God is. First and foremost, when you come to God, you have to believe that he is. You don't know God, but you want to know God. You have to know he is. The second thing is you have to acknowledge that you are a sinner and you need a savior. See, if you don't acknowledge that you're a sinner and come clean with God, then God can't do the things that he wants to do in your life. If you can't acknowledge that you're a sinner, then God can't work in your life. So you have to acknowledge that you're a sinner. And then you have to acknowledge that you need a savior. You're a sinner. You can't save yourself. You can't do it yourself. God has to do it. The Bible says that He stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. And if you open that door, he will come in and he will become part of your life. See, you need a savior. Thirdly, you have to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. You have to act on that faith. You have to believe that God is, and then you have to act on it and that he will forgive you of your sins. And I want to do that with you today. I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to say, Lord Jesus. I believe that you are, and I believe that I'm a sinner, and I believe that I need a Savior, and you are that Savior. And I ask you right now, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I open up my heart, and I invite you in. Come into my life. Make me a new person. Write my name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, and I rejoice in my salvation. I rejoice in the fact that you saved me. I rejoice in the fact that you've called me out of darkness. And now I am a Christian in Jesus' name. Wow. The Bible says that the heavens rejoice, the angels rejoice over that one person that comes to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and I rejoice with them. If you've done that today, listening to this podcast, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what God is doing in your life, and you can write me at jimhughes71 at hotmail.com, jimhughes71 at hotmail.com. And please write me and let me know what God is doing in your life. And until next time, God bless you and thanks for listening.